Fantastic. Myself and uh, Adele have the office, you know, uniform on in the cream here. Praise Jesus. We're in sync. How is everybody this morning? Are we good? Are we alive and well and smiling and happy? Jesus. How awesome was that worship, eh? Put your hands together for Kyle from Grace Life Church and his family visiting here this morning. Uh, we're so blessed, you know, with people that have hearts for the kingdom of God. Not only their own church, but hearts for the kingdom. It's awesome, hey? Um, so we're doing a two-week series on keys to financial excellence. And I wish I had added to that in God's kingdom. In God's kingdom. And so for the next two weeks, we're going to be talking about money. Before you start squirming in your seats too much and jumping for joy, you have to know that Jesus, when he walked this earth, it was the second most topic that Jesus spoke about when he walked this earth. The first was the kingdom of God and the second was money. And so it's so important that the way we handle money, it's obviously very important to God. In fact, it's extremely important. If it's the second most topic that Jesus Christ talked about, then it's obviously very important to God how we handle money. All right, so I just, I just want to pray just to kick off because I understand, I'm surprised you guys are here, I shouldn't be surprised, but I understand when we talk about money, different things happen in our hearts. You know, do, I get that, trust me, it happens to me too, so I understand that first and foremost. So let's just pray and let's just pray that we hear from God, amen? Lord, I just pray, Father God, for every single person here, including myself, Father God, that you prepare our hearts, Lord God. We just pray for open, expectant hearts, Lord, and that you would speak to us, Father. And so we just pray any walls, any obstacles, anything not of you be broken right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And we thank you that your word does not return void, Lord God. So we pray for revelation this morning, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. So it's important to God that we are, that, that the, the way we understand money, our views and our mindsets, and also our obedience to his principles. And it's not about how much money you have. It's not about what suburb you live in, though Padbury is pretty awesome. It's not about how big your house is. It's not about how much you give to the church even. But it's how well we handle what we have been given. It, that's important. You know, when he gave the different talents, that parable, you know, he gave two talents to one, five talents to the other. But he said to each, well done and good and faithful servant. So it's about what God has given you and how you handle what God has given you. And, you know, we're all affected by money, whether that be good or bad, aren't we? It can either add value to your life or it can destroy a person's life. You think about marriage breakdowns, you think about uh, business partnerships, you think about relationships that have been affected all because of finances. You think about people that have even, it's even caused people to take their own life because of finances. And so it's absolutely necessary that we get comfortable with talking about money in church. Let's not pretend it's not a topic to talk about, that we get comfortable with talking about it in church. And so I want to take us straight to the Word of God this morning in Luke chapter 16, verse 10. It says this, and this is Jesus speaking. It says, The one who manages the little he has been given with faithfulness and integrity will be promoted and trusted with greater responsibilities. But those who cheat with the little they have been given will not be considered trustworthy to receive more. If you have not handled the riches of this world with integrity, why should you be trusted with eternal treasures of the spiritual world? 
Another translation says this, and this is in the King James Version. It puts it like this. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? It's important to note here, this exact context that Jesus is speaking, he's literally talking about money. And yes, we can apply it in other areas and this principle, this biblical principle still applies. But with this scripture here, he's literally talking about money. And what he's saying is, is he's saying that money is the least in God's kingdom. So we just read, he that is faithful in that which is least. He's talking about money. You know, God couldn't care less about money. He doesn't care. He doesn't need your money. He doesn't need my money. I mean, the streets of heaven are paved with gold. He doesn't need our money. He's not trying to get money off us. In fact, he's trying to get stuff to us. But this scripture here shows us how integral it is that we are faithful with that which he considers the least. Because what he's saying is, is when we're faithful with that which he considers the least, meaning money, then he can trust us with true riches. And what are true riches? We're talking about eternal things. We're talking about things that matter for eternity. We're talking about salvations. We're talking about purpose and destiny. We're talking about whole households being planted in God's house. That's what we're talking about. And he's saying, when I can trust you with that which is least, money, then I can trust you with the eternal riches, the true riches of his kingdom. Things that matter for eternity. Things that won't be burnt up. You know, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, it says, For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burnt up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. I didn't say that. It's in the Bible, by the way. That's crazy. I don't know about you, but me, I want to do things in this world that matter for eternity. I don't want my work to go up in flames. I want it to matter for eternity. And so it's pretty clear here that God is looking for things that will stand the test of time. Eternal footprints in the sands of time. He's looking for faithfulness. And not just faithfulness in certain areas. He's looking for faithfulness in regards to our finances. We just read that. He's looking for people that can be trusted with his work. Uh, People that can build upon the foundation of Jesus Christ with eternal things that matter to him. There's a lot happening around here. <coughs> Jesus said that the way we handle money, he will use to propel us even further into what he has for us. How awesome is that? He will use it to promote us into greater responsibilities in the kingdom of God. There's a connection between the kingdom of God and the way we handle money. There's a connection. 
It's having that revelation that there is a connection. And if he can trust us with the least, meaning money, then he can trust us with more. With more. So it's absolutely key that we learn and aspire to with key uh, financial excellence. Because some of us, you know, we, we, we wonder why we're not walking in all that God has for us. Why certain things in our lives just aren't happening and we get frustrated. It's like, what's going on, Lord? And we cry out to God. But for some of us, could this be the key that is blocking you? Could this actually be the key? And some of us, maybe we kind of think, oh, no, but I serve and I do this and I do that. But God, you're not having this part. No, please, no. This is mine. I worked hard for it. I get up at 5 a.m. Lord, help me. But we give up every other area, but we're holding so tightly to this part. Could this be the answer? Could this be the key that is missing? Maybe we've not taken it seriously. Maybe uh, we have been faithful in all these other areas. Maybe we just haven't understood the connection until now. Maybe we've never understood how important it is but I really pray that this series that that we have this revelation so that we can all take our next steps and we all have next steps I've got a next step too Jacob's got a next step Adele's got a pastor Adele Rob's got a next step we all have next steps on this journey no one has arrived no one so God is waiting for you to be faithful in that which he considers the least and so the very first thing to understand is is everything we have is God's That's it. Let's just start there. Psalm chapter 50 says this, Every animal of field and forest belongs to me, the Creator. I know every movement of the birds in the sky. He knows every movement of the birds in the sky. And every animal of the field is in my thoughts. The entire world and everything it contains is mine. Everything is His. If I were hungry, do you think I would tell you? For all that I created, the fullness of the earth is mine. God doesn't need anything from us. Open your hearts. God doesn't need anything. He's not trying to take anything from you. In fact, it's the opposite. Again, we say he's trying to get stuff to you. And this is the revelation we first have to get, that everything is God's. The money sitting in our bank accounts right now, it's not yours. It's his. It's God's. We first have to get that revelation. And so when Jesus was teaching on money, he was trying to, he wasn't trying to get the people's money. He was trying to get stuff to them. He was trying to teach them spiritual principles that would benefit them and their family, that could change their lives. Proverbs chapter 4, 27 says, Go ahead, build your career and give yourself to your work. But if you put me first, you'll see your family will be built up. And I, I, I believe that's everybody's heart, isn't it? To see their family built up. Jesus understood that he had to get people to a place where they worshipped God and not money. He had to get them to that place because he was after their hearts. That's all he wants. He doesn't want your money. This church doesn't need your money either because it's God's church. I understand that God is our provision. And so it's about our heart. It's always about our hearts, including mine. 
It's about our hearts. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24 says, How could you worship two gods at the same time? You'll have to hate one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't worship the true God while enslaved to the God of money. And so Jesus was warning the people against making money an idol in their lives. There's nothing wrong with making money. There's nothing wrong to have a job. The, the, the Bible talks heaps about have a job, go to work, earn some money. But it's when we put that first when we make it an idol in our lives, then God has a problem with that. Then it becomes an issue. Why? Because there's only one first place. And it has to be God. He's the Lord God Almighty. The one and true God. Colossians chapter 3 verse 5 says, Live as one who has died to every form of sexual sin and impurity. Why are we going there? Hang on a minute. Lived as one who has died to the desires for forbidden things, including the desire for wealth, which is the essence of idol worship. When you live in these vices, you ignite the anger of God against these acts of disobedience. And so it makes sense that God helps us with this when it comes to the tithe. And you know the tithe is fair for everyone. It's in relation to your income, right? So it's fair for everyone that we all give into God's house. And so the reason why he does this is because he wants our heart. You know, giving 10% of your income, I mean, I struggle with that as a new Christian. You're like, really? But then again, I think I was, <laughs> when, when I became a Christian, I was only getting like, what was it, 10 bucks a week <laughs> in the Teen Challenge program. Praise Jesus. But do you know, the tithe is the most simplest key and we have to start there. This is the, ba- this is the most foundational thing there is. It's, it's, we teach it in our New Christians course, basically. So you can't get any more foundation. This is the baseline, the absolute baseline. And, um, and I am very grateful that I got taught this when I was a new Christian, that I was discipled this way. And, so, and I know there's plenty of Christians as well that don't believe in the tithe. They believe in giving, but they believe in giving what God puts on your heart. And uh, which at times I think can be very inconsistent. I mean, I wish I was hearing from God so clearly week in, week out. Uh, but and, and, and then sometimes it can lead to not giving at all. You know, when's the last time that God, because we're not really overly listening, I don't think, for what God puts on your heart, right? And then I have to fast and pray for 10 days straight. Did, did he really say that? So those that say that, I just, I've got to wonder. I've got to wonder. And sometimes he's not speaking at all because he's already said it in his word. Right? And so my challenge to those that think that is, are you trying to give more or are you trying to give less? All right, I'm sorry. Someone's got to preach this and the pastor gets the job right. We wouldn't be doing the right thing, really, if we weren't teaching kingdom principles, right? It's only two weeks. You can do this, all right? And then we'll go on. So we'll do a series on Jesus. <laughs> we should do that, right? No, I think we're going to do we're going to do soul focus. Actually, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, we're going to think at true riches. Yes. Yeah, so this is actually actually perfect leading. See, God knew what He was doing all along. We could say it was strategically planned, but it's not. We don't know what we're doing, but Jesus does. Praise Jesus. But anyway, that is my challenge. Are you trying to give more or less? Because you've got to remember God is after your heart. It all comes back down to your heart. 
And, 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 but I'm not talking about right now, I'm not talking about what God puts on your heart because that's what we call offerings. That's what, we, that's what we're asking for the building fund. When we're asking you to take on an extra compassion child, when we're asking you to give into Teen Challenge, when you feel like God said, go give that person 100 bucks, that's what we call offerings and that's what when God puts that stuff on your heart. And I'm not saying he doesn't do that, he does, but I'm talking about the tithe right now. And tithe literally means 10%. And so that's what I'm saying. It's like God's already spoken. You don't need to hear from him to tithe because he's already spoken and it's 10% of our income. Absolute baseline, minimum that he requires, fair for everyone in relation to your income. And the reason why is we get to Malachi chapter 3, the famous scripture for tithing. It says this, we normally don't include this bit, but I'm going to include it this morning. It says, you are under a curse, but don't worry, you're not because we live in the New Testament. Your whole nation, because you are robbing me. That part's possibly true. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I'll open the windows of heaven for you and I'll pour out blessings so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try me, put me to the test. So first of all, New Testament believers in the New Testament were not under a curse. Jesus came, he lifted that, praise Jesus. We're not under the law. If you don't tithe, you're still saved. You're still righteous before God. But we have to remember that Abraham and Jacob, not this Jacob, the Jacob in the Bible, he tithed, they tithed before the law. Moses put it in the law and we tithe after the law. It's a key biblical principle. You put it through the cross. Do we still need spiritual food in God's house in this day and age? The answer is yes. Of course we do. That's how you guys can come. That's how we can come and fellowship and be uplifted and and all that happens in God's house so that we can go out and be who he's called us to be, amen, in our every day, every day. The principle is not done away with. So we need to be careful that we aren't robbing God today. We have to be. And that's between you and God. But it's in there, in the word. Because again, he's looking to see how we handle our money. He's looking if we're faithful. He's looking for integrity. Or are we cheating with what he considers the least in his kingdom? Can we be trusted with true riches? Can he trust us with more? Once we have the tithe locked in, so you got that locked in. And I understand again that we're all on different uh, steps. So this is more of a teaching today than a preach. So once we have the tithe locked in, the next key is consistency. Consistency is so important through the good times and the bad times. And it's the bad times, the hard times, where you can struggle the most. Broken arm, working, still tithing because it's a non-negotiable, because God's word says, because he'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there's not room enough to receive it. When you first start tithing, you don't always see immediate results either. You know, sometimes you might even go backwards. I remember um, when we first, I'd, we'd, I felt God had said to me as a church to start tithing as a church on our tithes. So the tithes that come in, he asked us to tithe on that. So to give 10% to our mission partners. And so I was obedient, of course. I was like, okay, let's do that. But when after we made the decision... For the first few months, we're going backwards. And I was like, what's happening? Did I hear from God? Should we stop? What's going on? Your word says. 
But we knew what his word said and we stood on the promise. And that's the thing, we have to attach our faith to the promise. And so we kept going. And now we've seen incredible things with our church's finances. Just in the last few years, we've given considerable amounts to our mission partners. And we're well positioned and we continue to be well positioned with our finances as a church because we stood our ground. We were faithful. So what I'm trying to say is, is when you start tithing and you don't see immediate results, don't stop. Keep going. Persevere. Push through. The God you serve is faithful. He's a man of his word. His reputation is 24 karat gold. 24 karat gold. Down to the nth degree with a lifetime guarantee. When he says something, you can expect great things. So it's attaching your faith to the promise. The answer isn't looking at your circumstances and stopping. And you're just cutting your you're just cutting it off. It's persevering. So be encouraged. You won't see immediate, you don't necessarily see immediate results straight away, but keep going. You know, my kids are always saying to me, You said this and you said that. And I think, what did I say that for? <laughs> Why did I say that? Did I say that? I think you just made that up. I didn't say that. But we need to be the same with God. You said this. Your word says that. And he's not up there going, what did I say that for? He's not like me. He is like, yes and amen. Yes and amen. Yes and amen. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for people of faith to activate the promise to release blessing in your life. Amen. Once tithing becomes a non-negotiable in your life and consistent, I'm not saying to tithe once, then I don't know, six months later tithe again and then six months later tithe again. Tithing consistently, week in, week out, giving your first fruits. He's all about first fruits as well. He doesn't want you to give out of your surplus. He doesn't want to give out of your leftovers. He wants your first fruits. You know, as soon as our pay comes in, 10% goes straight out. And that's just the tithe again. You know, there's other stuff that goes out, but that's when we get into offerings. Um, and so what happens is sometimes when you get into offerings, that's over and above the tithe, which is what we just talked about, the building fund. You know, we encourage you, if you're, if you're in this church and you're not tithing yet, take that first step because the blessings attached to the tithe. And then over and above, if you can give into our building fund, then that is awesome, you know, and that's where we're going to go with that. But some people, what they try to do is they try to do the offerings part, just give here and there without the tithe and you kind of see them going around in circles and that's what we don't want for you. So it's important that it's done right. Um, so even though, though myself and Jacob have always tithed and given to other ministries and we've seen awesome miracles along the way, you know, bills being paid miraculously. When we got married, we d married, we saw awesome favour. Uh, we saw amazing opportunity when we're building our own home and just miracle after miracle after miracle. I won't even go into it. We're going to hear a testimony uh, next week, but I won't even go into all of it. But as much as we were giving and God was looking after us, we weren't actually seeing any real significant progress. And so we began to wonder why as well. And we're like, what's going on? Like, and so what we discovered was this, just as you need two legs to walk on in life and move forward, you need two legs with finances to really win with money. And so you need both generosity and good stewardship. Generosity and good stewardship. And so we had the generosity part right, 
But that doesn't automatically make you a good steward, right? You still have to be faithful and be a good steward of what you've got. And so the giving part we understood, but the other leg, so one leg was pretty strong, but the other leg was a little bit wonky. And by nature, we're both spenders as well. So that creates, or we were both spenders, we, well, we try to be good now <laughs> as much as that. I try to be, no, I'm kidding. Uh, but by nature, we're both spenders. And so we needed to really work on this because what can happen is you can be generous and not a good, not a good steward and you'll go around in circles. The flip side is you have people that are really good with money. They, they're not in debt. They've got savings. They've got financial goals but they're not generous people. They're stingy. And the Bible says that too, stingy. So I can use that word. If it's in the Bible, I can use it too. But what you'll find is they will go around in circles too. So you need two strong legs. Otherwise, either side of it, you're going around in circles. And, and, and if you're good with money, a good steward, but stingy, you, you've got to wonder if that work is going to get burnt up at the end when you stand before God. Because whatever's it doesn't mean anything, does it? You just store up your treasures with holes in them at the bottom. And so we need to think about, we need to be working on, on both of them. And just because you're tithing, it doesn't mean, or giving, it doesn't make, make you automatically good with money. And, you know, some people, their parents may teach them this as they grow up. We, we didn't have that. So we've had to learn this as, as we go along. So if you're a good steward but not generous, then, then God can't bless you with more. Because the whole purpose of blessing really is to be a blessing, isn't it? And so God is looking for people that will pass on the blessing. So you've got resource on this side, for instance, and then you've got needs on this side, and then you're in the middle, and God's trying to get, you've got resource here, he's trying to get resource to this need, but he's got to go through you. So it has to flow, right? So... We've got to be passing it on. So it's like he's looking for rivers, really, isn't he? He's looking for rivers, not reservoirs that just sort of sit <laughs> and stay. And then you can go into what happens there, but we're not going to this morning for time. So we need two strong legs. Who's hopping around on one? <laughs> don't put your hand up. You don't have to. This is between you and God. And, but this is a journey we've been on. We need two strong legs. And so the very first decision we had to make was to get out of debt. So Romans chapter 13 verse 8 says, Let no debt outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. And so we made a commitment a number of years, years ago just to get out of debt. And so we cut up our credit cards. Uh, we didn't go on holidays, which was really painful for me because I love going on holidays. Uh, I had a brand new Jeep at the time that I really felt that, and we had repayments on it, so we I sold that, um, and we just got a little old car. Or we did, we just had one car for a little while until we got another one, and so we just didn't want any repayments, just except for our mortgage. Uh, we only purchased what we needed, like what we really needed. <laughs> I really need those boots, yeah. <laughs> So we only got what we really needed and it was tough. Like we made sacrifices, but, but on that, it was absolutely incredible. What should have taken many, many, many years to pay off our debt took one year. So as we moved and did what we needed to do in the natural, God just added the supernatural. 
And so what we did as well is, and I want to testify to a guy called Robert Morris, who's very good um, with finances, and he's got two books, I think. Um, one's called Beyond Blessed, and the other one is called something else, The Blessed Life. So if you're interested in this stuff, I recommend getting those books if you want to take these next steps. And another person, is his name is Dave Ram- Ramsey. He's a Christian financial guru and he's brilliant. And we watched his teachings and his teachings changed our life. And so what he says to do, if you've got debt, save up, uh, save up $1,000 of emergency money, start on your smallest debt first, pay that off, go to the next one, pay that off, go to the next one, pay that off, go to the next one, pay that off until you get to... Um, where you've paid off all your smaller debts except your mortgage, then you go and save three to six months of savings and then you start working on your mortgage. And as we started to take these steps in the natural, God just added the supernatural and it's absolutely incredible. So now where I can say we're in a position where uh, we've had some challenges recently with Jacob's physical health and praise God that we made those decisions all those years ago because we're positioned at the moment to, to help us get through what we're going through at the moment. And so we're absolutely just blown away by what God's doing now and what he has done. And so, it's, and, and again, I'm talking about all this and I'm using my personal testimony because it comes back to the scripture of being faithful with what God considers the least, which is money in his kingdom, being faithful with that so that he can entrust you with more. What's more? Greater responsibilities, true riches in his kingdom. So, so key so important and so we began to see uh, financial breakthrough and supernatural uh, favor favor um, another thing as well is uh, we heard this saying called act your wage have you heard it act your wage I really liked it because being spenders we were spending more than we earned and for some that's a no-brainer but for some people it is delayed gratification it's like the flesh dying, isn't it? We can't always get what we want. It's Mr. Budget says no. And it's painful at times, but again, we want to be people that are faithful with what he's been given us. We want to be people of integrity so that he can trust us with true riches. And so the question is for you guys is where are you on the journey with money? Personally, you personally, where, where are you at with it? Are you being faithful with what God's given you? Are you being integrous with what God's given you? What is your next step in regards to money? And we all have a next step. Is it to begin tithing for the first time ever? And if that is your next step, as a new believer in this building, I'm excited for you. It's an exciting step to take. Or did you start tithing and then stop because you saw disappointment and you saw God not meeting your expectation? Is that where you're at? You started and then stopped or, you, or it's just sort of here and there. Then I encourage you, take that next step. Put your faith back in God and His Word in what He said to you. Because it's the only God's way is the only way. It has to be. It can't be our way. Because we end up spinning around in circles. Is your next step to become more consistent? Week in, week out, giving your first fruits. Is that your next step? 
Is it to make a commitment to get out of debt like we did all those years ago? Is that your next step? You've got debt hanging over you and you're kind of spinning around in circles and today could be the day that you make that decision. That's what I'm going to work towards. It's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take delayed gratification. It's going to take the flesh dying. But I'm going to commit to that. Is it to start acting your wage? Like really put together a budget and start working out how much you got coming in and how much is going out and begin to budget your finances. And again, it's not overly exciting talking about this stuff. But again, it comes back to that scripture. He that is faithful with that which I consider the least in my kingdom can be trusted with more. Is it to focus on saving? Is that your next step? You don't have debt, you're tithing, you're giving. Is your next step to save some money? Or is your next step maybe, you know, it's so integral that couples are on the same page as well. Is maybe one of your steps to sit down with your partner and begin to have this conversation? I mean, that could be one of your next steps. But then even the bigger question is, what doors or greater responsibilities is God waiting to give you in his kingdom? There's more. What's on the other side of your obedience and taking your next steps? What eternal treasures does he want to trust you with and he's testing you with money? There's a connection. Luke chapter 16 verse 10 again says this, The one who manages the little he has been given with faithfulness and integrity will be promoted and trusted with greater responsibilities. But those who cheat with the little they have been given will not be considered trustworthy to receive more. If you have not handled the riches of this world with integrity, why should you be trusted with the eternal treasures of the spiritual world? Why don't we stand up this morning if that's okay? I want you to imagine if you can, if we collectively got really good, if we all of us, if we got really good at the way we handled money, the way we viewed money, Imagine as a church the eternal treasures that God could trust us with. If, imagine right now if we all took our next step and we all have a next step. Imagine if we all took that next step as a church this morning, that we did some business before God this morning and we committed, okay, God, I believe this is my next step. This is what you're saying to me. Don't worry about what I'm saying. What is God saying to you? I'm just the vessel. And it's like, I believe this is what God is saying. And if we all did that and we all took a step in our next step as a church, imagine what's on the other side of that, if it's connected to eternal treasures. Imagine the salvations. Imagine the restoration of marriages. Imagine whole households planted in His church. Imagine that. If we all took that step as a church, true riches, things that stand the test of time, eternal footprints in the sands of time. And so I just want to encourage each individual as you're standing and as we're going to go into worship in a, in a minute, think about what God's speaking to your heart. And even if, even if as I'm speaking and, and, and you can feel those walls still up around your heart, just even start there, Lord, help me. 
I'm struggling with this message. I'm struggling. I, I just, it's just bringing up all these different, to help me with these walls around my heart. But as we worship right now, make a commitment to God that you're going to take that next step. And it might be we're going to sit down and have a chat with your husband or wife, get on the same page. It's pretty hard to move forward when you're married. You need to be on the same page. It's so key. It's so integral. Maybe you're going to start tithing again. You've given it a go and you're disappointed. You gave up, but you're going to start again. Maybe your next step is consistency. Or maybe your next step, we've got the building fund coming up and maybe that's your next step. You've been tithing faithfully and that's your next step. Lord, I just commit every single person to you right now, Father God. We just thank you for your biblical principles, Father God. We thank you that you care about us, Father, enough that you want us to walk in freedom in regards to our finances, Lord God. We thank you that you're after our heart. You're after our family. You're after eternal treasures, Lord God. And so we just commit ourselves and surrender ourselves again to you this morning and ask that you help everyone to take their next step as they worship, as they speak to you on the next few minutes, Lord God, that you'd minister to them, Father, in Jesus' name. Let's worship, church. Thank you, Father God. Praise you, Jesus. Slay. 